Hey everybody, Divine Psilocybin here. Welcome back to the podcast. On today's episode, I want to go over basically my life's story up until I started taking mushrooms. Before I get to that, um, I did get back from a trip from California. I went on a um, went on a little trip to California. And then when I came back, the, the next night after I was back, me and the girl had a um, had a nice nice trip. It was a pretty good trip. It was a decent-sized trip, and um, it, was, it was pretty fun. I, I had fun with it, and um, I think she did too. So uh, hopefully, I'm going to try to convince her. Hopefully on the next episode we can uh, talk about that, and hopefully I can get her on here, and that way she can give her opinions of what happened as well. But anyways, like I said, on this episode, though, I'm going to try to go over <laughs> what I've done in my, in my life. So uh, this will be a little difficult starting out um, as a childhood. I, I don't have a lot of memories from my childhood. I have almost no memories left of high school, although I have a few memories of middle school left over. It's mostly after I get out of high school that uh, my memories kick into into a little bit of a higher gear. Um, but anyways, but some of the important stuff though, to, to like start off, I was, I was born down in Southern California, um, in the greater Los Angeles area. We'll just, we'll just call it that. And, uh, my biological dad and my mom got divorced when I was still very, very young, way too young for me to remember. And my mom, uh, I spent time, you know, a lot of time with my grandparents on my father's side. Um, they would walk me, you know, to the park and to McDonald's or whatever. Uh, eventually, mom got married to my stepdad. And when we got married, we or when they got married, we moved up to uh, Northern California. Now, my stepdad was working for a company where he would go around opening new businesses for that company. That's what he did for a little while. And so we moved around quite a bit at first. I, uh, I did spend time with my biological father. I would spend the winters with him. He moved to Michigan. Uh, him and his parents moved to Michigan. So my grandparents and my biological father, I would go visit them up in Michigan, we'd go hunting, fishing, things like that, and that would be sometimes my summer, sometimes my winter, my Christmas time, you know, it just kind of depended, um, but anyways, uh, I remember a little bit in fourth grade, I remember, uh, well, two specific events, I remember my first bully that I had an interaction with, there was a bully in my classroom, and um, I never got in a fight with him or anything like that, but I do remember him. I also remember I got my first kiss when I was uh, in fourth grade. Uh, the girl kissed me on the bus. <laughs> funny, funny. her name was Teal, and I've always liked the color Teal. I don't know if it was, I don't know if there's a connection or something like that, but I, I've always liked the color Teal, and that was her name. Um... I remember having a couple, you know, a couple friends and doing a couple things like playing soccer then at that point in time and whatnot. Uh, fifth and sixth grade, I believe I was homeschooled as, as far as I can remember. 
I don't really remember going to school in fifth or sixth grade. I know I was homeschooled at least one of those two years, but I think it might have been both of them as well. Um, now, in seventh and eighth grade, that's when um, that's when I went to middle school. Now, in seventh grade, I remember, you know, there's a couple interesting things that happened. Well, dad, first of all, the reason I started going to school is dad finally settled in with his company with one business location to stay at. And he stayed there for several years. Um, so he got settled in there and I ended up being able to go to, you know, like a normal school. <laughs> I remember having a lot of friends in seventh grade uh when i entered the school i had been friends with a couple of them through uh boy scouts and one of them uh one of them really like you know helped me hang out with like a lot of other people but i i I still was kind of uh what's the word still being like from like homeschool i was still a little awkward when it came to social interactions and things like that Uh, eventually i made some like really good friends that uh, lasted well on out past high school but anyways uh seventh grade was kind of important a couple things happened uh that's when i you know saw my first porn you know magazine or whatever it was probably just playboy but i I don't remember i remember (laughs) we as a bunch of kids we were out on the schoolyard and one of the kids had brought it to the you know had brought the porn magazine and the way we hit it from the teachers is they like they stuck it down like a storm drain or something like that <laughs> it was really funny anyways um in eighth grade an interesting event is i had a birthday party and i had quite a few kids come and spend the night over with me and my dad rented us horror movies it was really funny this is this is like hilarious he rented us like uh the first one was like a denzel washington horror movie which was was pretty good uh but the second one he rented for us was american werewolf in london and i remember being scared shitless like, like watching that movie it was uh it was uh, quite scary for a kid at that age you know being in eighth grade um uh, I've been, uh, I was big into wrestling at that point in time. Uh, WWE, or I, I like WCW, but we also watched WWE. So WCW, WWE, that was during the Monday Night Wars for them and everything like that. And that was a big time, I guess, in my in my life right there. Eventually, I'm, I know my dad took me to a Nitro, to a WCW Nitro. And it was probably around that time. Might have been ninth grade while I was in ninth grade, but... So ninth grade, I went to a high school, a normal high school. Uh, but sophomore year, I was going only part time to the high school, and then I was completing most of my work at home. Now, during that time, I was into drama. I did a lot of drama club stuff. I was in plays. Uh, I did a lot of creative writing. A lot of dance i actually i actually took ballet tap jazz that kind of stuff <laughs> so uh that's kind of funny considering where i ended up going uh but anyways i was uh i was into that for a little while and then for my junior year me and me and my stepdad started fighting um 
not 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 fighting not, nothing was physical but we would we would get into heated really heated arguments like real arguments like where we're like really yelling and screaming at each other we would get into those probably starting in ninth grade and maybe a little bit into my sophomore year my 10th grade so for my junior year i actually went and lived with my biological dad in michigan so i lived there for a full year and my and it's a little hard to find the right words of why everything happened the way that they happened or whatnot but I mean, basically to say, you know, I love my biological dad just as much as I love my stepdad, but my, my biological dad and it's just a different, it's different personality and different way of doing things and just, he's a lot like me in, in his, well, I see my, I guess you should say I'm a lot like him in independence and I see it in my son too and just biologically you know I I, I know who he is and that junior year you know I'm, I'm I made it through the end of the junior year but then I I moved back in with my mom and my uh and my stepdad so anyways came back to them and that was my senior year my senior year I went to a charter school and during this time my cousins came to live with me and my parents and so I spent a lot of time with my cousins I had a few good friends from the charter school I also had a few friends from the high school that I had gone to my sophomore and my freshman year and so I had quite a few friends and I got my first car my first car was (laughs) my first car was an Isuzu Trooper that was like the most badass car ever. Uh, I used to take that thing. I had like some big old fat tires on it. And it was like lifted like two inches or something like that. And we used to take that thing four by fouring. So we would drive around. As soon as I got my license, we would drive around California. I'd drive just everywhere. Just up to Tahoe, over to San Francisco, down, you know, all the way up to the, the Redwood Forests up north, all the way down to... You know, as far as I could make it in a day. <laughs> so just anywhere, we just drove all around Northern California, me and my friends, and that'd be the majority of the time what we'd do. We'd, uh, several times we would take trips from San Francisco and we'd drive up Highway 1 along the beach and we'd always stop at a, we'd stop at a city called Fort Bragg. Uh, Fort Bragg, California. It's a really, really pretty like ocean like town. So that's what a lot of my time spent after graduating from high school was like. I had my my first couple jobs. I was a soccer referee for a while because I was big into sports. I was big into soccer specifically. I was very athletic as a kid, very athletic. The, you know, the ballet helped, you know, keep me in shape and so I did soccer refereeing with one of my one of my friends. And we also, oh, I, I got a pizza delivery job with that Isuzu. That was like my first like real job, real job. Eventually, I quit the, I quit that. Oh, it was funny. There was a lot of drama while I was a pizza delivery person. <laughs> I, uh, 
I had a girlfriend and she ended up leaving me for another worker, another delivery driver. (laughs) So there was a lot of drama there, but I quit that place and I went and I worked for a heating and air conditioning company. This is really interesting. The, my boss bought the entire company out from his boss. So he was the boss of the company and he was like a like the super stress pot. Now, I, the only reason I mention this is because he comes back into my life later on, <laughs> recently. <laughs> Anyways, this boss, uh, he used to play in a band, and he was actually really good. He would play drums and stuff like that. And I had that job for a little while. Eventually, my mother was working for a movie company in California there and she was working actually for a region manager now that region manager uh kind of got to know me a little bit uh he also knew me because his son and I were kind of friends or at least we knew each other and I ended up getting a job at a movie theater managing it being a an assistant manager at a movie theater and so I quit the the heating and air conditioning job So, I was working at the movie theater for quite a while. I I worked there. I saw a couple really good openings. I mean, this is like, uh, we saw the Pirates of the Caribbean actually opened while I was, while I was there. So that was, that was a pretty good one. Then my, um, my dad was still working for the same company and we started talking to him about moving up because he was—he had been a manager at his current location for a very long time, and we started talking to him about how he should apply for something higher. And so eventually he did, but what that came with the cost of is the cost of us moving out east. So I was living by myself at the time in an apartment with one of my girlfriends, And we all talked about it, and we all decided, hey, we'd all come out here to the east um, with Dad if he got the job, you know, working higher up at at a corporate level for the company that he works for. So we moved out here, out east, and... uh, Immediately, as soon as I got back... Actually, oh, I, I spent some time... I drove to Michigan, spent some time with my dad, everything like that. But also, I ended up... uh, Oh, and my grandma. My grandma was still alive. My my grandpa died, um, you know, before then. But but, So I spent some time with grandma. I spent some time with my dad. And then I... We moved here. And as soon as I moved here, I got a job back at another movie theater. So I was... So I kind of took that as, as the right way to go. I spent I spent a little time in college, like while I was back there in California, but it was only ever like part time, really. Um, I never went like hardcore, like tried to go to college, you know, without having a job or anything like that. And so we got here. I worked for the movie theater. I started off just as a, a like just a normal worker, popcorn guy you know and I I worked my way up to assistant manager actually I worked my way up to projection manager so I worked for that company the company here for quite a while 
worked my way up to projection manager. And so about this time, I'm sitting about 22 years old. And the war in Iraq is still going on and everything. And I decide to join the army. So this is when I joined the army right here. Uh, oh, oh, that's right. My, my girlfriend, <laughs> my girlfriend that was living with me, this is the same girlfriend from California. She moved out here with me to the east. Um, we were living together in a, in a little two, two bedroom house uh, that we were renting well, she had ended up leaving me, and I had ended up deciding to join the army. I had thought about joining the army earlier when I was like 18 or something like that, but I got quickly talked out of it by everybody. <laughs> so in this case, I, I ended up joining. I joined with one of my friends from California. Uh, he also joined with me. Now, the in- interesting thing is we both signed up to be uh, rangers. We were going to be airborne rangers. And the funny thing is when we got to when we got to MEPS, which is where they do the testing, you know, your physicals and all that kind of stuff, they found out that he was colorblind. So he couldn't continue on to go to um, go to Ranger School. But uh, it wasn't called Ranger. I'm sorry, Ranger School is something different. Ranger, there's Ranger School and then there's like, they call it RASP now, but it was called like the Ranger Indoctrination Program at the time. Um, it's called RIP. So I ended up just continuing along with my contract that had Airborne School and Ranger in it. So I I went through basic training. Basic training was really good. Um, it was lots of fun. The I made I made some pretty good friends there. Um, nobody that I really talk to anymore, but, you know, uh, there was definitely a lot of bonding there was a big bonding experience. You know, that's, that's just how basic training really is. If you, if you're with a good group and, uh, since I was infantry, we were at, you know, we were with infantry, all like the entire school was infantry members, which is really nice. And so I, uh, got done with that now when I was done with that I went to airborne school and airborne school was lots of fun too uh, it was actually a lot simpler than I thought it would be I mean it's not hard to jump out of a plane <laughs> the military makes it pretty stupid easy but while I while I had was in airborne school my grandmother died and I wasn't I wasn't allowed to go go see her or be there for the funeral or anything like that because because I was going to the ranger indoctrination program so I mentioned this to like my my like uh, sergeants at the time or whatever they didn't care but I get there to ranger school or to rip now first of all I'm exhausted obviously if you've been going through um if you're going if you're going through basic training then airborne school then straight to rip you know you're exhausted by the time you get there i was so exhausted that i i was still able to like i had a pretty good pt score and i was able to pass the pt test but you have to pass twice in rip you have to pass 
uh, first time when you get there, then you have to pass again at the end of it. And I knew there was no way I was going to pass the second time. So I ended up uh, quitting, I think like two weeks in or something like that. So quit uh, the ranger and it took a while for them to get me out of there. I ended up, you know, <laughs> doing training with the with the ranger brigade for quite a while probably a good couple months I think it must have been at least two months it was a uh, it was very exhausting it was not fun it was not easy you, know, you basically got no days off and eventually uh, they found a unit for me where so I left I left the ranger brigade and I went over to the ranger training brigade and I went to Fort Stewart Georgia so I ended up joining uh, the 3rd Infantry Division. And I was there at Fort Stewart for, I think, three weeks before... And, and it was still on holdover. It was before they sent you to your unit. I was on holdover, and I immediately deployed from holdover to Iraq. Like, it was like just like that I had no warning no telling me of anything I didn't get to go home or see my family I didn't get to I didn't get to say goodbye to anybody you know it was just you know here you are you're fresh out of basic training and you know here you go we're going straight to Iraq and uh, I never I never got a time to go home I never got to go home not once to see my family I, I never even got like a day off I never got a day off leading up to uh, leading up to that. Or I, at the end of basic training, they give you like uh, they give you like a weekend before you start back, uh, up at airborne school. But that was the, that was probably the only time that I got a break. So I went to Iraq. Iraq was interesting. I'm not gonna say it was horrible. It was actually there were some good things, you know, like some things I found interesting. I found, obviously, the land really interesting. The people were pretty interesting and nice to me, at least the ones I talked to. Um, I never got in a real firefight. When I got there, I, I worked for intelligence for a while because they were slotting me into the, to the company. And so I worked in the intelligence sector for a while. I had a really... I had... I had I had really good scores on my ASVABs, and so they took that and they used it. I, I was I was playing around on computers and stuff like that a lot. My probably my first half of my tour in Iraq was me playing around on computers, directing people where to go, people in firefights. I, I there were several firefights where I was telling specific individuals, you know, to move here or there, to shoot this direction or that direction, and so on and so forth. So, uh, after, after the, after I got done with the computer stuff, they went and sent me down to a, to a, a line platoon, and I was, like, down at a checkpoint and everything. We were, I was stationed, like, right on the Tigris River, so that was kind of cool. Got to see the Tigris River, got to see, like, the big cities and everything there. Not that there are a whole lot, but... Um, 
I'm going to take a break right here real quick. We'll take a quick break. I'll come back. I'll continue the rest of my Iraq, Iraq stuff and then everything that happened after I got back from Iraq <laughs> up until now. So, be right back. Okay, guys, welcome back. So, I finished up uh, the tour in Iraq, and I I finally got to go home and see my parents. Basically, a month before I was to leave Iraq. So, I had spent basically like a year and three quarters away from my family and without a day off i i had spent a year and three quarters with maybe two two days off you know like i said if you count those days between (laughs) um basic training and 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 uh airborne school so uh needless to say i was exhausted my mind was drained i was drained it sucked um I didn't get along too well with everybody in my platoon. Uh, There's a couple people that were okay, but by you know, like you know, I joined them halfway through the tour. All of them had been you know bonding for a year leading up to that, and then uh, they just throw me into it. So it wasn't too it wasn't too easy to to assimilate that quickly into it. Like I said, some people were nice, but uh, others weren't. And we got back from Iraq. And when we get back from Iraq, uh, they don't let you go right away. You don't get to just go out and about. They, you know, you spend like two weeks where you gotta get reassimilated into into the United States, the world of the United States. And they they tell you all these things, but like you know, don't go to Walmart right away because you know it's it's too much it's too much information for uh for us because we're used to seeing you know nothing in iraq and then then when you get here uh, back to the united states there was one one member of my platoon (laughs) as soon as the next night when they let us let us loose uh he went to the he went to the strip club and he had saved up like it saved up a, like ten thousand dollars, you know, from the deployment, and he blew like he blew like six thousand dollars of it at the strip club in like a few hours. It was just crazy. Like some some people were, were not good with money, but <laughs> anyways. Um, so I spent like a few months there. While I was in Iraq, you have uh, one thing I forgot to mention. While I was in Iraq, that's when President Obama declared that the Iraq War was over. Um, we stayed there obviously a few months longer than from when he said the war was over. But being that the war was over, the um, the division was actually downsizing and. Basically, my my colonel, my my full bird, full bird colonel, 
uh, he had gathered the entire battalion in front of him, and and he he said, if, if anybody wants to get out, you can come and get out, and you will get an honorable discharge, and you know we'll give you a little little code that you know says that if you want to come back in, you have to you have to pass a mental exam or something like that. But other than that, you guys can, you know, if anybody wants to get out, they can get out. And so several of us took him up on his offer and I was one of them. I was, I was done with the army. (laughs) I'd been there, you know, two and a half years and spent, you know, most of it in training and most of it in Iraq. And I knew I wasn't going to renew. I knew, you know, so there was no point in me holding over for the next you know, few months or whatever when I could just get out now. So I went ahead and I, I got out. Um, and it was, it was huge. When, when I got back from the army and I, I got to my parents' house, I went and I laid down in bed and I was passed out for three days straight. Like I was literally unconscious and asleep in my bed for three days that's how uh that's how exhausted i had been so yeah it was uh it was quite the experience you know mostly the negative things about about the army was the for me was the red tape you know the job was fun i was really good at things like land nav and um, obviously messing around with the computers and, and you know, just I, I was I was good at it. I was really good at my job, um, but I didn't like the red tape, and I I didn't like a lot of the people. I didn't like uh, I didn't like how the people that climb up in the army are drinking buddies. It's who's who's your drinking buddy? That's who gets promoted, right? You drink with the the next sergeant, and you know, and, and that's how you get sergeant. You know, so you guys drink together. So, um, I didn't like that, and it left it left for some people being sergeants that really shouldn't be sergeants, that had no business being a sergeant, that didn't know what they were talking about, weren't good at their job, but for some reason were left in charge of people. So. Um, I had huge problems with that. Um, I saw a couple dangerous incidents, or potentially dangerous. Nothing dangerous ever, or nothing nothing crazy ever happened. Like nobody got hurt or killed or anything like that. But uh, you know, but I, I had a, I had one sergeant that was clearly not up to the task of being a sergeant. So, anyways, uh, when I got out of the army, I got my GI Bill which was really nice. Like I said, it was an honorable discharge because of the way that they let us out and everything. So I got my full benefit, or not my full benefits. Really, it's like 80% of my benefits. Um, But I got the GI Bill. So I tried to go to college here out east. um, And it it was okay, you know. Depending on the class, I got A's. Depending on the class, I you know I got C's or D's. Um, I had this is I had seen this before in other classes, in other things. 
I I'm I was very conservative, mostly because of the way I was raised and everything like that, and and even the army stuff. You know, obviously that conservative stuff is is there. So I was really conservative, and I remember writing an essay. I wrote I wrote all my I have a really specific writing style, and so I know in general when I'm doing good and when I'm not doing good, and. I was in this class and and the teacher had specific topics and and I was getting A, A, you know, B plus, A minus, A, A. And then for like, I think, well, it must have been the midterm. For the midterm, she ended up like asking us our opinions on, on pot, you know says take she she said take a stance you know on whether you think weed should be legal or illegal or if you you think weed is good or bad you know and so i wrote my essay <laughs> that weed was bad and i was very i was very thorough with this essay like i cited fbi sources and government sources and all sorts of good stuff, just doctors and, and just anything that you can think of. Like I had a great essay, and I knew it was a great essay. She gave me the paper back, and even though I had been getting nothing but A's, I got a D on this one. <laughs> and ever since, and then after that essay, all the rest of my essays, for some reason, were were D D's and C's. Instead of A's and B's. Even though my writing style, like I said, is the same. This is an example of, and I, I've seen it so many times. It's just, at certain colleges, once they figure out that you're, you know, if your opinion goes against theirs, then you're out, you know. So, anyways, I only went to that college for two years. I ended up, I had enough money still saved over from the army that I ended up buying a sailboat. I ended up buying a sailboat in Lake Michigan. I went up and my biological dad joined me on the boat and we ended up sailing the boat like, you know, all around Lake Michigan. And then we ended up sailing it down the Mississippi River. So that was really fun. And Eventually, I pulled that boat out and I brought it here to some lakes um, where my mom and my stepdad live. And so I just sailed that around on the lakes for a little while. Now, while I was doing that, my other buddy who was had been in the army, the one I joined the army with, he ended up moving back in with me. Um, we ended up getting an apartment and everything like that. We decided we were going to get a... We decided we were going to go to the same college together. We are going to do an online college. Uh, we went to the University of Arts in San Francisco. And did really good there my first semester. My second semester, same thing kind of happened. I ended up taking a political class where I was getting good grades. And then all of a sudden... They asked my opinion about a conservative or liberal topic, conservative slash liberal topic, 
I gave a conservative opinion, and from then on, my grades suffered greatly. So, anyways, we, me and my friend, we ended up selling my other sailboat and buying a new sailboat. I bought a much bigger sailboat down in Florida. We went and lived down there in Florida, and we lived on the boat for quite a while. Lived there for quite a while. It was lots of fun, uh, just swimming, swimming every day, going down to the, <laughs> you know, the beach, the beach bar, and just uh, having good food and, and drinks, and uh, that was kind of a good time. <laughs> we went to a lot of strip clubs at that time lot of strip clubs uh he was really big into that and uh and i quite enjoyed it as well <laughs> so uh then uh i ended up getting rid of that sailboat it was good and it was fun but i kind of felt like i needed to get a real job and settle down especially with the college thing kind of going a little bit uh not the way i wanted it to go uh, I had a I had a kick-ass computer at the time, and so I was trying to work on doing like some video game design and stuff like that. But uh, you know, I I just really wasn't as good as I wanted to be, or I didn't have enough resources. Really, I needed like a team of you know several people to get any of the games that I wanted to actually create off the ground. So I still mess around with it from time to time, but not not as much as I used to. So. So I ended up moving back with my parents, my stepdad, and my mom, and we. Oh, I ended up I ended up getting married to my to my girlfriend. So I I had my girlfriend at the time. We got married, and when we got married, she was working, and I still wasn't working. Uh, I had done like a few odd jobs or whatever. I, I I always, whenever I was low on money, I'd always make money by just doing odd work for just whoever needed it, handyman jobs and stuff like that. So, I I I was saying to myself I needed to settle down. And I wanted to find a really good job, and so I ended up applying at a police department, and with my military experience, I got hired really quickly uh actually they hired there were the testing group was huge there was like i think 30 people that tested and i think three of us got hired so it was really interesting because when they were doing the testing uh if you couldn't pass any any portion of the physical test you, they just instantly drop you out, you know. So the, they start off with push-ups, and so every, everybody did the push-up tests, and about you know ten of them got booted out, and then everybody had to do the setups, and then probably another five got booted up, and then you had to do the two-mile run, and then another you know ten got booted out, and so eventually when you got to the written test, there was only like you know six or seven of us and then out of the six or seven of us the people that passed the test were like five of us and then five of us got interviewed and three of us got hired so <laughs> it was it was pretty it was it was quite fun and i was i found it interesting so they send you to the police academy 
after you get hired, at least in the state that I'm in. I know it's different in other states. Like in California, you have, you go to the academy first, and then you get hired by a um, by a department. But uh, where I'm at, you get hired first, and then they send you to a police academy. So the police academy was really fun. I did pretty good. Um, not amazing, but I was, you know, in the top percentage of my class for sure. Uh, I was really good at shooting. I've always been good at shooting. I never had a problem. Even in the, even in the army and basic training, I was an expert shooter. And (laughs) anyways, so, uh, as a police officer, it was kind of hard getting started those when they send you through the the training at your police department with your with your sergeants and everything you hop around to different sergeants and my mind didn't grasp the idea that different sergeants have different uh rules and laws that they want you to concentrate on and and certain things that they want you to do uh one sergeant might be really into doing traffic you know stuff Uh, another one might be really big into doing area checks and so each each sergeant had their own thing that they kind of wanted you to do and I had a hard time adjusting to that because one sergeant would tell me one thing and then when I get to the next sergeant I would tell him or you know I would just continue to do what I would been told before and they would get <laughs> upset at me because I was not doing it how they wanted it to do. I was doing it how the previous sergeant told me to do it. So uh, that was frustrating. But eventually I got put on, I got with a really good sergeant that I got along with. Uh, this is one of the one of the best people I've ever met. He's a really great guy, really good sergeant. Um, but I... As I was looking around, I, and my time in the police department, I was constantly learning more about how people, well, I don't know, I, I don't want to be too mean here, but I mean, just some police officers are not nice people and have no business being police officers. And the fact that they are police officers is not a good thing and it's something that uh you know i i just don't really agree with (laughs) when you have your own police officers in a police department like breaking laws or you know doing something really corrupt or bad you know it it should be pretty quickly handled but in, in most cases i found out as long as you're drinking buddies with uh the person above you you can pretty much do whatever you want. So I found that to be the case. There were several, 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 well, how should I put it? I tried to bring some people's, you know, stuff forward to higher ups and they didn't like that. They didn't like that at all. So regardless of how bad it was, you know, you still aren't allowed to, you you aren't allowed to step up and and say anything to, uh, to the higher ups. So 
I ended up uh, getting fired from the police force, and uh, I was not happy with it. And it kind of haunted me for a while. Uh, while I was in the army, you know, or I'm sorry, while I was in the police force, I was. Uh, that's when I obviously discovered the mushrooms. That's when I was a uh, took the drug courses. I became a drug expert. Uh, and so that's how I learned about the mushrooms, figured out about them. (laughs) And I took a, I took, I took the mushrooms when I still was a police officer, to be clear. Um, never, obviously, you know, this is when we were getting started and never really affected my, uh, my, I don't know, what, what do you want to call it? It did affect my attitude though. Because I, I didn't put up with that. I didn't want to put up with those corrupt cops anymore. You know, now having seen it, I I had felt like I had already been turning a blind eye for so long to some of them, and so when trying to say something, it just it didn't turn out good. <laughs> but anyways, all right. Well, I guess that's it. That's up until I. Uh, I be- I became a, <laughs> I don't know what you want to call it a, a mushroom uh, entrepreneur <laughs> shaman I don't know I, I don't want to call myself a shaman but anyways if you guys want to hear the rest of the story start at episode one <laughs> and it goes on from here so all the way up until where we're at right now so like I said the girlfriend and I both tripped uh, just two nights ago and so. Hopefully I can get her in and we can do a, uh, a new a new episode and hopefully she's willing to, to talk about her experience. So we'll see. All right. Thanks, guys, very much for listening. You guys have a good night.